Welcome to Sermon Underwear, a podcast where we look at the stories, situations, and conversations that lead up to the sermons that are preached here at First Lutheran. This is Pastor Brian. This is Pastor Perry. This is Father Tom. And we carry on looking at the beginning of the Christian church in the book of Acts, and particularly in Corinth. So today, Acts chapter 18, uh, verses 1 through 4, and then I'll point to one of you to take it from there. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them, and they worked together. By trade, they were tent makers. Every Sabbath, he would argue in the synagogue and would try to convince the Jews and the Greeks. And then from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you should be in agreement, and that there should be no, no divisions among you, but that you should be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Cleo's people that there are some quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters, what I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, except maybe Crispus or Gaius, so that none of you can say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the house of Stephanus, Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not, be with, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. All right, so I did a little bit of background research on uh, the city of Corinth before heading into this, and then I got to visiting with Father Tom, and it sounds like he knows this uh, even before I really started to look at it. So I'm going to ask you, Tom, to just <laughs> give, us like a, give us a little bit of background about sure. this city and what, what sort of uh, folks you might well, encounter there. Yeah, this, um, first off, this lectionary is so fun because... It links Paul's journeys. Last week we had Thessalonica and the letter to the Thessalonians. Now we get the beginning of Paul's uh, ministry with the church in Corinth and then the letter there. Um, and Corinth is an interesting town. As I recall, it is on the western side of what is now Turkey. Um, I think it's there. You can, I, I, th I know that because I think you can take a Mediterranean cruise there, and that was a priority in my life at one point in time before I got into the uh, fabulous world of ministry, and <laughs> Mediterranean cruises sort of went away. But I, di I, uh, I digress. Corinth was a town um, that was completely destroyed by the Roman Empire, like not even to the studs, but to the foundation. Uh, you can almost imagine like them salting the earth. They, they wanted 
you know, they were, they were a troublesome town at one point, and so they wiped it off. And then um, eventually Rome recognized, like, this would be a good place for a city. It'd be good for an establishment here, so we're going to sort of restart it. We'll bring in some people from different places, and we will sort of, uh, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a new housing development here in Corinth, you know. Um, and one of the things that's really important to Roman culture is history, right? Um, even though Rome conquered these great Greek cities of Athens and Sparta, they still revered them greatly um, because they're old, they're historical, they, um, they were legendary. But Corinth, Corinth was wiped off the map. There's no, the only, the only legend is uh, how well it was crushed by Rome. And, um, and, and so there's sort of an identity crisis here with Corinth where they're insecure. You know, if we look at all these other places that Paul's writing letters to, look at Rome, right? They're always going to feel inferior to Rome. They're going to feel inferior to a lot of these w older places like Athens and, and Sparta. And so you can imagine a group of people who um, want to be more established than they are. There's sort of a, a hungriness. There's um, almost like if, if this term resonates with, with, uh, with you guys, it's kind of the idea of old money versus new money. Right, and this is a new money establishment, a new money city. Um, nobody exactly uh, reveres it, but they really, really want to be revered. And so, Paul is going to um, try to appeal. Paul's in their head. Paul's living in between their ears, rent free, and he's gonna. We can see in his rhetoric, he's gonna try to um, speak to that some throughout the letter. One of the things you said that stood out to me there, that, that they were a city that was best known for being crushed. <laughs> and I think Paul kind of picks up on that here, though, as you're listening to the story that he's almost, at, at least if I were to lay that alongside what he's saying here, it's like, what better mascot, or I'm not sure mascot is, is the right thing to say, but what better representative for the city that's been crushed than the one who's been crushed? Mm. You know, we're, we're trying to find our foundation or our identity. I'm like imagining the little towns that I grew up in. So there were kind of uh, these three smaller towns and they were all big rivals with each other. And imagine that one of those three, you can think about this in maybe your own context, if you, you had big rivals in wherever you grew up. Uh, imagine one of those three is wiped off the map altogether. And then over the, over the course of time they say, well, we're going to bring the city back, but we're going to repopulate it with the, the neighboring towns. And so then you bring these two rivals into this new town, and the only way that they, they still can't be one, they still can't be the new town, they bring along with them all the, the old rivalries, and so we're still from here. Yeah, well, we're still from here, and we're better than you, and so it's still all about these old identities, uh, kind of like trying to take everything and throw it in a bag and say, you're this new thing, but inside of that bag is still fighting <laughs> all, all of the old things underneath that. Uh, and that's, you kind of get that in the address from Paul. You say, I belong to this person. Well, I, it's kind of a popularity test uh, contest. And uh, he's saying none of that 
you're looking at the wrong thing. None of that's really important. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because, I mean, again, as I'm thinking back to my sermon from Sunday and talking about the merger, I remember um, being frustrated with that because we were the Rake Tigers and we had red and white uniforms. And I liked red, you know, <laughs> and we go to Buffalo Center and we are Buffalo Center, Rake, Bison, and we wear purple and white. I'm like, geez, we gave up everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and it's such a weird. Um, I mean, if you want to think about this too in uh, contemporary times, I mean, imagine one church saying, you know, I, well, I was baptized by Pastor Perry. Well, I was baptized by Pastor Brian, and um, and it's just a weird. I mean, it's like, did you miss the point that bad? Like, do you not? Under, and it's and it's sort of. It's 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 the outside culture influencing the culture of the church, which is not the direction that it's supposed to go. Right? It's supposed yeah. to. We are supposed to be a light to the world, but we're letting these sort of weird status symbols uh, come in and affect the church. You know, I, it's sort of. I don't know. It's one of those weird things. It happens even now, though. I remember I I used to sell. Um, clerical clothes, there's, there's different clerical companies like CM Almy or Whipple, or I'm sure there's some other ones in the Lutheran tradition, but th there are people, there are certain people who would be, well, I'm a Whipple guy. I never wear Almy. And, <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, I was doing it because I got commissioned and I was a poor seminary student, so I was like, well, I'm sorry to hear that, but, um, but it's just, it's, it's a weird, I mean, we, I wish that it was something that had stopped in the church in Corinth, but we see it continued to this this day. And I think it's something that we need to be conscious of as Christians: is what are we letting in, and what, and how does that affect our ability to uh, shine out? Yeah, there's yeah. The, I was thinking when I initially read this too of clothing, like branding. You know, you'd mention it, and or I just thought of in high school. For me, it was always like shoes. Well, I wear Nikes or I, I like Adidas or whatever the thing is now. But you see that with, there's a lot of, and there's a lot of marketing that goes into this too around brand identity. Like I, I buy Apple products because this tells other people whatever I project onto to what Apple products are, this tells other people that that's what I am because I, I buy this particular, and you can apply that to anything. I'm picking on Apple because that's, <laughs> kind of a, a popular one. Um, but it, then it's interesting the case that, that Paul makes, and it's very countercultural. He's kind of saying all these divisions that you make. Uh, I belong to Apollos. I'm an Apple person. Well, I'm a, a Samsung <laughs> person. I, I belong to Cephas or, yeah, exactly. or so on and so forth. And he's saying it's, it's not these unique uh, identifying factors that mm. separate you. It's like your, your common ground is you all need Jesus. It's actually not something about building you up, but it's a need that all of you have. And that's what brought you together in the first place was understanding this common need that you and everybody else out there has. Of We all need Jesus, and that's, that's something that brings us together instead of saying, hmm, I'm doing pretty good. I can use a little less Jesus. I need a little more Apollos in my life. <laughs> you know, um, he's saying you're, you're the focus or... 
the direction, what you're, what you're shining the spotlight on has gotten misplaced. Kind of reminds me, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with that uh, Michael Jordan documentary. I've uh, heard a lot about this, but I haven't seen yeah. it. Well, I guess in the, during the Olympics, there was a big, the Olympics team was sponsored by Reebok, and Michael Jordan is a Nike guy. And that was a huge, it was like that identity as a Nike guy almost overclouded the identity as, a, an, Amer as an American in the Olympics. And it was... Wow. But it's just, I mean, it's, you know, what, like you were saying, you know, what identities are important to us? What are the, you know, what identities, you know, when we record this in, in the beautiful sanctuary of First Lutheran, and, you know, what identities do we check at the door when we walk in? And which ones should we, what's the one <laughs> that we should be keeping? Yeah. Yeah. And to think of, to borrow that branding language is interesting for a minute, too, because, to, so Paul hits on this in the very last verse of our reading for today. For the message about the cross is foolishness, foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. So to think of the branding that goes with the cross, again, we've kind of got to go back into the context there, but the cross was for, um, it was not for Roman citizens, but it was for, uh, what do I want to say? The, the short list would be to say lowlifes or um, outsiders uh, or the least or, or foreigners uh, would get that. Um, it was not something, it was a very negative branding to be crucified. You were a criminal um, and you deserved to be wiped off the face of the earth. So for Paul to say, and that's what we're branded with, <laughs> um, you can see why over the course of time, you know, if there isn't somebody in that community that's continuing to say, this is what we point to, then a human inclination is, yeah, I want to be associated with something much more, um, what do attractive. I want to say? Attractive, yes, that's the word I'm looking for. The cross um, cannot be made to be attractive, and yet Christ says he's attracting us to himself through it. You're smiling about um, something? Well, I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, what are, what are we, in advertising, what's the main thing that sells? Well, sex sells. You know, the cross is not sexy. No, it's not. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no way that you spin that around to, to go, this is, this is what somebody wants and desires. It's like, no, get me away from that. Yeah. The yes. people who die on that are, you know, are not... The heroes. There, there's not anything I want to copy that's there. Yeah. Nothing on that is going to make me feel good. Yeah. When we think about branding and looking at that, it's like, oh yeah, those are Jordans. Those are yeah. Jordan Nike yeah. Airs, you know. It, Ooh, I want to get those. You know, that's Jesus Cross. I want to die there too. Uh, no. <laughs> exactly. It it turns it on. It turns it on its head, right? It's like going. It's like you know. Nikes and Adidas and Reeboks. No, that's not the We're talking about clown shoes. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Like big, embarrassing, squeaky clown shoes. Yeah. That's that. If the, I mean, if you're here for that kind of discussion, those, I mean, it's about as attractive as that. Yeah. I don't want any of that. <laughs> Especially like in, I mean, these guys kind of sound like middle schoolers, don't they? A little bit like thinking about, you know, well, 
you know, I wear case. I just remember that was like you said that was an, that was a really important thing when I was growing up was what kind of shoes you had. What kind of shoes you had, yeah. and uh, yeah, these guys are like, oh, I got I got the Apollo spat. You know, it's just the same. You can I can hear the same kind of conversation happening uh, in a middle school hallway right now. So. <laughs> Yeah, and it's interesting, the, the branding that you bring up that goes with it, too. Again, like you think about the Air Jordans. Uh, I'm not even sure I'm saying that right, but at least I think that was a brand at one time. And the idea it was like, if I get these shoes, I can play like Michael Jordan. Yeah. And again, you get, you get the very off-putting idea then of, if I get this cross, I don't know if I want what it goes with. A guy died on there. Um, and so then comes again the, the message of what Paul really wants to share with them is how this uh, Christ claiming the cross, claiming all of the identities that go with that becomes good news um, if, if you hear that that's where Christ goes. You know, so there's, in some sense, I'm thinking there's, there's like a rebranding uh, that comes with the cross. Hmm. But it's still not sexy, but it's, Good news. Yeah, it turns it, it turns it upside down, and that's you know, the theology of the cross or theology of glory. And, and we, want, we want to have the glory in our lives, and we want to be connected to the glory. And the reality is that when we try to strive for that, we push ourselves away from Christ. And when we go for the ugly and the and the, the awfulness of the cross, that is really where, in the end, our glory comes from. And our glory is not ours, but it is Christ and the, and the cross that he died on. Amen. Preach it, Pastor. Peter. Yeah, exactly. Just throw this one out there for fun. Whether now or when you were uh, going through school or growing up, what were the things that were popular or the flip side of that, what was unpopular and what did you absolutely not want to be associated with? And you know, Christ is not necessarily a purity guy. Like, I, he doesn't... He, he hangs out with some, some rough crowds and he hangs out in some tough situations, but he is Jesus, so you can kind of, he's maybe the exception to this. But I think it's important to be conscious of what are your inputs, right? What are you allowing to influence you? What, what are you letting dictate what's important in your life? Are you letting status, are you letting... Uh, you know, your neighbor's success dictate who you are? Or is your identity based in something else? Something that culture doesn't usually help reinforce, but something that the gospel does. And that is that you are not only in need of Jesus Christ, but that Jesus Christ loves you so much that he went through a lot so that you could get this message. So what, so what are you letting influence you and tell you who you are? Mm-hmm.